You have tuned in and locked into the right place. Uh, We are going to be finding our way to Romans 15, but before we do that, let's pray together. God, we pray that as we uh, read your word and study your word, that it will then read us, that it will study us, and then just it will lay out before us like, look, here's the places where you can make margin to to become more like Christ, to live more biblically, and, and that we might take the truths and ingrain them into our very being and live them out so that others will be encouraged, so that others will be filled with hope, so that the weak will find strength, so the oppressed will find freedom, uh, and Lord, all for your glory, so that we can help others become disciples of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, um, as I said, we um, are really going to Romans 15. Not yet, but we'll get there. But I just kind of want to prep you. So, if you've got your Bible out and your journals out, you're taking notes, uh, you can just know that that's where we're eventually going to end up. We're in our first and foremost series, uh, talking about first and foremost, praise God. Now, we know we exist to bring God glory and make disciples. Like, every Christian exists for that purpose. In fact, every person exists exists for that purpose, to bring God glory and to make disciples. So some of us work with and follow God's will, and some of us work against him, but still his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you're talking about first and foremost praising God, which is part of bringing God glory, we praise him, we give him credit uh, for all the things he does. We're going to talk this week about praising God, and we're going to talk about what that means. Now, Praising God is a biblical essential for all of us. In fact, here's how I just sort of talk about praise and just sort of define it out for you. Um, Praise is a celebration for who God is. Uh, He's Father. He's Son Jesus. He's the Holy Spirit. As evidenced by what he has, is, and will do. So so praise is, is, is a celebration. That's what it is. It's a, it's a celebration to where we go out and we extol who God is and we evidence what he's done by the way that we praise him and respond to him. So when you're talking about praise, when you're thinking about praise, we, we know that's an essential part of being a Christian. So um, I, I want to talk a little bit about how some people around the world, other brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, praise God. And just, just to kind of give us uh, an understanding of, of how this is and how other people do it. So this article um, comes from uh, Christianity Today. It was written uh, in January of 2021 uh, on, on the 23rd. And I just want to highlight some stuff about how others pray. Now, it, this article tells us that 340 million Christian live, Christians live in places with high to extreme levels of persecution. This is according to the Open Doors World Watch list. Now, I want to talk to you about, in order of severity, from one being the worst um, down to kind of really the top four, uh, look at how Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, our kingdom brothers and sisters, are praising God where they are. So, number one, persecuted place in all the world, for Christians on the world watch list is North Korea. So here's how they, from their own words, right now, um, today, are praising God. Just to help you to understand what the celebration is all about and, and how that goes. So they say this, praise God for the descendants of believers in North Korea who have kept their faith despite the relentless persecution that's been happening there since 1945, World War II. They also go and they talk about, um, they praise God for the building of the underground churches that are allowing the gospel to be shared to North Koreans because listen to this, 
All of their churches have been destroyed by the oppression of the Communist Party there. So there are no Christian churches. So they're praising God because they're building underground churches. They're, they're praising God because um, they are able to, as North Koreans, help other North Koreans who feel thoroughly disconnected from the outside world to nevertheless translate, print, and share the Bible. So in North Korea, they're printing, they're translating, and they're sharing the Bible. These are praises from places that are in way worse shape than we are here in our country. We talk about Pakistan, which is number two on the list for persecution. They're praising God for the number of students who are in seminaries and Bible colleges being trained up in the ways of the world. You go to Iran, number three on the list of most persecuted. And these are people who are celebrating and praising what God's doing in some of the harshest conditions in the world. Not just um, economically, but governmentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's all happening. In Iran, they praise God for the number of Iranians Coming to Christ. Last year, 2020, they aired more evangelistic programs in the month of May as an evangelism outreach. They also taught their viewers how to evangelize their neighbors. That's really cool. So their salvations jumped from two or from 20 to 50 per week to over 500 salvations per week. And this went on for months and now fluctuates on an average between 300 to 400 per week. And the best news is two-thirds of those salvations of people who came to Christ who were born again did not come through their programs but came through a personal relationship with their neighbors, friends, and co-workers. So two-thirds of the 300 to 400 per week of people that are getting saved right now in Iran are coming from their neighbors. That's praiseworthy. Heaven stops and praises from that. Places like Nigeria, India, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Vietnam, all praising God for what he's doing. In fact, even in China, which is just saturating our news cycle right now, they are praising God because of their online prayer meetings and their joint missional events. They are crossing denominational lines to find other Christians to serve each other. And listen to this. This is super humbling for me as, a, as an American. Because of everything that's taken place in China and around the world, they have realized that they have a greater desire to help meet needs in the world like never before. People in China trying to meet the needs of these countries in the United States of America. There's a growing hunger for the truth, a sense of belonging in the body of Christ. New churches in China are being planted every single week. And this isn't in any nice rosy context that we have here. And I know what you'd say, but Nathan, United States of America isn't super rosy. And to a degree, you're right. But apples to apples, oranges to oranges, those countries, North Korea, Pakistan, China, are experiencing reasons where we go, yeah, I could see why you're not praising God. But instead, they say, no, we're seeing salvations, we're planting churches, we're doing joint missional events together with our brothers in the kingdom. That's just some of the celebrations and praises they have. And, and I would say, if, if they could praise, can we not praise too in the greatest country on the planet? Yes, we certainly can do that. We certainly can do that. So I would say this to you, and, and I think they would echo these words. This one thing, this one thing I would say to you, praise the Lord as long as you live. Psalm 146, 2. 
There are a lot of reasons that you'll be encouraged to not praise God every single day, to not give him glory through your praise. But as we've seen through these people who have a lot more greater excuses and reasons not to, they still are. People are getting saved. People are getting discipled. They are sending out in the worst persecuted countries in the world. They're sending out to places that aren't as persecuted to minister to those people. They're printing and they're sharing Bibles. They're, they're doing what they can to start underground churches, literally under the ground not just a cool trendy name, in order to reach the gospel. So this one thing that we're going to get out of this, praise the Lord as long as you live. Praise the Lord this side of heaven. I was just talking to my wife the other day how we're looking forward to one day being in heaven where we just worship and praise God for all of eternity and all of the joys that come with heaven. But right now I would say to you the challenge and charge is this. Praise the Lord as long as you live. Let me give you a little context to why this is important. Let me give you a little context. Here's the context of praise. God is worthy of our praise. We praise cooking competitions. We praise sporting events. We praise people at work. And for good reason, they've worked hard and they've earned things. They, they've, they've done good well. And there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, great job, wonderful job. Thanks for your help and service. But God in and of himself is worthy of our Praise together, you and I. And even if you're a non-Christian, you go, look, I'm not even a Christian. I'm just listening to this going, why should I praise God? God can save you from hell. God can save you from the, just the wretchedness of this life. And it's not going to always be easy, but it is always better when we live and serve the Lord. And that free gift of grace, which you're saved by through faith, is something that God can work. So what, what I want to do is, is when you hear this God's worthy of our praise, I just want to hit, I found this great article um, written by Dr. Adrian Rogers. Man, the guy just got a great voice. And it, it, it's from crosswork.com. But he, in the, these names of God, he gives us a glimpse, just a glimpse of God's worthiness. So I want to share some of these with you. I want you to look at these, to see them, um, to best understand them. But it starts this way, right? It starts with the first name of God, which is Abba, Father, which he is, of course, our Father. Then you've got Adonai, he's Lord and Master, the Alpha and the Omega, he's the beginning and the end, the Atwit Yoam, which is the Ancient of Days, and then it just goes on and on. And I won't hit all of this list for the sake of time, but man, when you study the names of God, you see that he's the El Chuel, which is the God who gave you birth, literally you're in existence because God gave you life. The Eldia, the God of knowledge, um, El Olam, the everlasting God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Elohim, the creator God, Yahweh, the self-existent one. I love this one. Uh, Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner, which is, you think of, he's your protection before you and behind you. He's like, look, this person is protected. This person is provided for. This person is um, dreamed out and transformed by God. So I, I love that, that, El, that Yahweh Nisi. We talk about how he's Yahweh Ra, the Lord is my shepherd, which means um, Psalm 123, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, which means his, his rod, he defends off evil. And, and, and fights that away from you when you call on the name of the Lord. But he also has that shepherd's um, staff which guides and directs us and pulls us in the direction we need to go because he is a loving shepherd. Yahweh Rapha, the Lord that heals. Um, sometimes we just need healing in a variety of ways and not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, mentally. We need those. Yahweh Shalom, he's the Lord of peace. Where does the world go to find peace to God the Father of Jesus Christ. 
He's Yahweh Shemala. The Lord is there. He's Yahweh um, Sid Canoe. It's a horrible pronunciation, but the Lord is our righteousness in Yahweh. Um, Yari, the Lord will provide. Um, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. So just, and these are just a few that Adrian had pulled out of his article and said, look, here's some names of God. Here is, is why he's worthy because he, he's doing this. For his kids, he desires to do it in a greater way for those who are not saved, who have found forgiveness from their sins. So there is so much worthiness. So much worthiness in who God is. And those are just, just an iceberg tip, a glimpse, a, a shaving and a sliver of how great God is. He is worthy of our praise. So let's talk about it a little bit about why we praise God. Let's just expound this a little bit more with scripture and go, why should we praise God? We know all these names. By the way, he gets this nickname because these names, because they're characteristics of who he is, right? These are descriptors. That's one of the great thing about the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, your name described you. So when you introduced yourself as Elohim, or when God reveals himself to the world's Elohim, he's revealing himself as the creator. And, and names meant so much more in the Bible uh, than they often do today. They describe who you are. So when you are looking at these names, these are actual characteristics like, oh, he's so funny. Oh, he's so nice. Oh, she's super smart. She's fast. She's, inc she's incredible. She's witty. She's so hospitable. It's the same kind of mentality as God is going, these names of me are really the essence and quality and characteristics of who I am. Which is why it's worthiness. And they weren't given to him to make him that. They were given him those names because he is that already. And we discover that about him. Wow, God's so gracious. God's so kind. So, why do we, why praise God? Why do we praise God? First of all, for, like we said in that definition, who he is and what he has done and what he will do. So we're going to go to Romans 15. Now's the time to get your markers out, your pens. Now's the time to have your notes out and begin to take some notes because we're going to look at Romans 15, ultimately 8 through 21, but we're just going to hit 8 through 13 right now. And this is what Christ is the hope of the Jews and Gentiles. This is where all this fits in. So we're going to be looking at just some great characteristics of why Paul, the Romans, the early Christians, why people who love God actually praise him. So here we go. Verse 8. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised, the Jews, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs in the Old Testament. Verse 9, and in order that the Gentiles, everyone who's not a Jewish person, might glorify God for his mercy, his salvation. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And sing to your name. Verse 10. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, with the Jews. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol or enthusiastically praise God. Verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he, Jesus, who rises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles have hope. Verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all all joy, look at that, it's incredible. When we praise, what comes back? All joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, um, you may abound in hope by that 
power. So uh, according to Romans 15, 8 through 13, how can we bring God glory? How can we better praise him? How can we get that out? We praise him through words when others are around. It's just, it's just another way that we can praise him. I mean, look at verses 8 and 9. These are things we can praise God for that you're finding in these verses. God has sent his son to save us all. Hello, Merry Christmas. Hello, Easter. It's right there in verses 8 and 9. Christ became a servant to the Jews to show his truthfulness in verse 9 so that the Gentiles may glory, uh, may bring God glory for his great mercy. What is that great mercy? That we as Christians don't have to pay for our sins. Actually, that we before we were Christians don't have to pay for our sins if we would be saved by grace through faith. You don't have to earn salvation. You don't have to be good enough for salvation. You're never too bad for salvation. And God says for his great mercy we would glorify him. You, you talk to any Bible-believing, Jesus saved by grace through faith Christian, and they will tell you, they sing the praises. They vocalize the praises that God saved them. They once were lost, and now they were found. I was blind, but now I see. I mean, just... All of this that God does, he brings out in verses 8 and 9, to which the world says, yes, praise you. There are only two eternal destinations for all of mankind, and God is super clear about where we're headed. There's no off-ramp to eternity. We will all exist somewhere forever, and we'll spend forever there. So God's like, look, he sends his son to save us all. God keeps all of his promises in verses 8 and 9. God shows mercy to the Gentiles. All of his promises God keeps. So when you read these and understand God's word through the Holy Spirit, you know that he keeps them. Even look at verses 10 and 11. God has made a way for anyone to be a part of the family of God. In verses 10 and 11, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Right? It's not an exclusion of the Gentiles, the people who are not Jewish, but it's the inclusion of all of them. That, that anyone who would want to come on the planet would be able to find and praise God because of the fact that he is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's verse 11. And that we would all extol him. And I, I love the word extol because it's like enthusiastically, exhilaratingly, just praising, praising, praising out. Just just screaming it out, loving it out, gently sharing the truth and love, however God leads you to do that, and just say, praise him and praise him and praise him. So I, I love that God does that. In verses 10 and 11, we see that God has made a way um, for anyone to be a part of the family of God, and he's made himself known to all people. So let me just, let me just pump the brakes and rest in the moment of salvation for a second. When it comes to praising God, before you can truly, truly praise God, you must be saved. The, your sin is leading to self-destruction. That's what it's leading to. We, we see the, the understanding of this in these verses 10 and 11. That the Gentiles extol, that they talk about, that they praise. So what we see here is the forgiveness of sins, being saved by grace through faith, allows us to become a part of the family of God. That's what the Lord part says. And that the Holy Spirit will guide us and comfort us. So I would say to you who's watching, who's listening to this, I would say to you, if you are not a Christian, if you are not assured of your salvation, now is the time to do that. The greatest 
praise starting moment is for you to be saved. What you really need to settle is this part of why you need to praise God is because he can save your soul from an eternity of, of horribleness. And that he can help you in this life as you honor his son. If you would just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you just believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you can be saved. It's your heart, you believe, your mouth, you confess. So I encourage you to do that right now. To just pray and ask God to forgive you for all of your sins, for Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, the master of your life. Because in verses 12 and 13, here's what we see that waits for those. This is some more reasons why we can praise God. And, and this isn't even an exhaustive list, though. If this was all there was, this would be enough. But there's so many more reasons to praise God. It was hard to actually pick these verses because there's so many that are praiseworthy verses. So many stories that we could share in accounts. In verses 12 and 13, it talks about this, how God's sovereignty of our lives results in hope. There is none better ever than God to put your hope and trust in. Who do you turn to to make decisions? Who do you allow for you to make decisions with your finances, um, with your time, with your skills and your talents that you have? Who gets to decide that? Someone who's perfect, all-knowing, and all-powerful, who sent his son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and rose him from the grave. And then after you're saved and fills you with the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and discernment and comfort in life now. Or do you just trust in yourself, which is a cheap, generic knockoff imitation. Ask anyone who has regrets and they'll tell you that it, it, it was on them. It was on them. They were a part of that. Or someone who wasn't following God is a part of that. So I would encourage you to realize that the sovereignty of God gives us hope. And not only in 12 and 13, but when we praise God for who he is, what he's done and will do, he gives us, which is so crazy. I mean, imagine the, if the next time they give out gold medals in the Olympics, whenever those happen, that everybody gets a gold medal. Like they're just like, you've just won this event and then everyone gets one and everyone's, it doesn't happen in our world that way. But with God's kingdom, it does. When we give him praise, the, the result of that is that God gives us joy and peace through our faith to know that our eternity is set, that his provisions are watching over us. We also see how God sent his powerful Holy Spirit to give us hope too at the end of 13 by the power of the Spirit that you may abound in hope. Just overflowing hope. So if you feel hopeless, if you're wondering what can I hope in and give to the Lord, I would say to you this, trust in the Lord. Praise him. You know what gets hopelessness out of your heart, out of your mind, out of your soul? praising God, and then he replaces it with those things we just discussed. That's scriptural truth. You can read it right there. You can talk to another Christian and go, yep, that's been my experience. When I have heartfully and soulfully just praised God, he replaces my worries, fears, and anxieties with his hope. And it doesn't mean my circumstances change and get perfect immediately or if ever, but I am transformed by God's renewing power and strength in the Holy Spirit which allows me to tackle the day before me, the relationships, the workships, family, kids, blended, what, however that works, God allows me to. 
So why do we praise God for who he is, for what he's done and what he will do? Now, when you praise God, this gets some great insights in verses 14 through 21. So I want to take some time here and just read through these verses and unpack praising God well. Can I just say it that way? How we can praise God well. So this is Paul speaking to the Romans. So when it says, I hear, he's speaking sort of in the first person and, and referencing from his own experience, which is really great. Learn from other people who are further along in their spiritual journey with Christ and G with Jesus um, than you are. Just great advice. And, and Paul is just sharing that here. So Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 14. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. You are filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I've written you very boldly as a way of reminder because of the grace given to me by God um, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. In Christ Jesus then, I have reason to be proud for my work, Paul says. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and all the way around, I love that, to Elikram, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And then he goes on and says, thus I make it my ambition, his goal, to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, because that was Paul's uh, specific calling of him, but verse 21, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. So according to Romans 15, 14 through 21, how can we bring God glory through our praise? We praise him through biblical actions when others are around. And it's not show off time, it's not, look how pious and religious time I am. That, that's not the point. But we're helping people find the way. A, a guide, an ambassador, a, a mentor, a disciple to go, this is the way to, to God. This is the way to his will and his, his strength and his power and his sovereignty and his guidance and direction. So we bring God glory according to these verses and we praise him through actual biblical action. So previously we were praising God in the, in the other chunk of verses through our words. Now our deeds, as it says right here in verse 18, are what we praise him in. You see that? All that you are. There's no part of your life that isn't praising God. If Jesus was like, poof, show up and you're streaming whatever, or hanging out or at work or talking at lunch or with friends, that would be a moment that would encourage others to draw closer to God, not help push them further and further away from God. I mean, look at verse 14. There, there's so much interaction of, of us that, that Paul says, this is what a praise person has inside of them, uh, working with God, working. In verse 14, it says this, um, they're full of goodness, they're filled with all knowledge, and they're able to trust one another, right? Or instruct, sorry, able to instruct one another. So you, you, you kind of get this preparedness, right? I'm, I'm full of goodness, I'm filled with all knowledge, Holy Spirit's discerning and leading me, giving the words to say. And then I'm able to instruct one another. That, that's a praiseworthy person. Because they're going to start pointing to God in 
<coughs> all these areas. Verse 15, I love how he says very boldly as a way of reminder. So as us, we live boldly, just like Paul did, just like Christ did, just like David did, just like Joseph did. I mean, it just the list goes on and on. Deborah, Priscilla, Lydia, all of them living <coughs> in such a way. Um, to boldly remind others. And, and boldness does remind people. It, it grabs their attention. When you live boldly and not just passively or just, I hope they figure out I'm a Christian, but you praise God hourly with your word and deeds, that grabs people. It captures them. It's contagious in a good way. So that's what we see. Verse 18. I Here's what I love about Paul. He's like, wow, Paul, first 14 through 17, se se sounds like you're getting really kind of up on this. And he goes, look, I only spoke about what Christ has accomplished through me in order to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. So he's not rolling off some resume or highlights achievements so that people will go, wow, you're one of the best apostles to have ever lived. You are the premier uh, disciple right now up there with Peter. No, he does it so that people will draw closer. And in fact, so that the Gentiles or everyone who is not of the bleeding faith, because Peter's off ministering at this time to the, to the Jews, but that we would have We'd have this mentality and this mindset of, of drawing people in so that their words and deeds would better line up with who God is. So your praise can bring out God's best in other people's lives, not just yours. Do you realize that? That God can use you and he can shepherd and guide you to help God's best come out in others. To help them to understand that. In fact, in verse 19, we see that, right? Verse 19, we see the power of the Spirit of God indwelling in Paul so that from Jerusalem and all the way around, um, God is infilling us to minister and share. So where's your local church, right? Find the map, drop the pin, put it in. That's where, where you are. And then all the way around, all the surrounding cities and bergs and hoods and, and, and places and villages, all of that stuff is where we go to serve. So yes, we minister to the saints. We talked about that last week. But, but you also have this ministry that's out as well. You're, you're praising God in your words and deeds, which changes it. Changing it. It's, it's the song in your heart that makes its way out in your actions. That you just can't contain yourself anymore. And it's not emotionally driven. It's spiritually driven. Whether you feel like it or not, you're going to master the emotions for God's will and to push that forward. Verse 20 talks about the, the ambition to preach the gospel. Is that your ambition? Is it your goal and desire that today, Lord, use me to proclaim in whatever way I can your gospel message, the good news, which is that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and was raised from the dead according to scriptures so that we might be saved by grace through faith. So you praise God that way. It's part of your daily life ambition to go out and praise God, to preach the gospel. It literally is Good news. I say this to people all the time. They'll tell me something. Now I'm worried with this. I'm struggling with this. I'm like, boy, do I have good news for you. And just share the truth of God's word. That's what, you know, Paul's saying here. And then in verse 21, for others, and I love the mentality here. 
as he's writing to Christians, he's always reminding them of everyone else. Verse 21, for those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. It is one of the best ways for people to find out who God is and what he's about. We must go and tell them and, and tell them in a way that embodies all that we are with our words, with our thoughts, with our deeds, with, with as it says there, your words and deeds or song. Sure, you can sing, you can share, you can talk, you can communicate that. But, it, but I love it because it's overt. And if I could say it this way, it's the truth in love, but it's kind of in your face. It's in your face. The world doesn't need us as Christians to hide back anymore. It doesn't. Your boss doesn't need that. Your fellow employees don't need that. Your spouse, your kids, your stepkids, your neighbors do not need you to be hanging back in the shadows, camouflage Christianity. It needs you out there praising because how else will they find their way in all the noise of this world that says this is good for you and this is good for you. This is what's best for you. You need this unless the Christians get out in truth and love and share that. So based on this message, what's something you can do to become more like Jesus? Essentially, um, well look, we know we exist. We know we exist and I've said this before but it's so true. We exist to bring God glory. We do that through praise. And to make disciples through gospel-centered worship, gospel-centered community, gospel-centered service, and gospel-centered multiplication. So I'm just going to lay before you and let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do. Just some ways to begin to think about how to integrate praise more in your worship and in your community. So let's, let's just talk about worship. This, this would probably be the most obvious one of all of them. So when it comes to worship, actually praise God. Tell God in word, tell God in thought, tell God in deed how grateful you are for who he is and what he has done and even will do. Because the Bible talks a lot about that too. So I would say to you in your personal devotion time, when you're on your knees, uh, when you're doing your, your prayer time, you're sitting at your, your desk and you've got your coffee and your journal and your favorite Christian music going and you're, you're doing your devotions, you're getting with the Lord, you're drawing closer to him. Take some time to just praise him for anything and everything that comes to your heart, mind, and soul. Just say, God, here it is. And actually do it. Obviously, when you're worshiping in the local church, when you're worshiping anywhere, sing it out. I remember when I was um, working uh, at a steel mill in the summers in between college uh, semesters, I would just sing and weed eat and to the top of my lungs every Christian song that I knew. Study my Bible at lunch, talk to, talk to the believers and non-believers at lunch in the steel mill, and just, and that's what I do. I mean, just stuff like that. Just praise God for what he's done. Now, which leads us to community. How can we praise God in community? I, and I would say, just as we segue to that, keep God front and center. Don't let the, can I say this? Don't let the last thing that people learn about you be that you were a Christian. Don't let it be the last thing. I say let it be the first thing. They're already trying all this other stuff and looking in these other places. But I say keep God front and center. Make the most out of every opportunity to praise God. That's why I told you that analogy um, from my own life when you're out there, right? To let people know that God is there, that he's praiseworthy, and here's why. You see all that stuff in the front. People, people need to know not only what to hope in, but why to hope in it. 
And God really can provide for them more than anyone else ever can. In fact, there are no other gods but God. He is the only one true God. There's nothing else that's going to help them that way. What about praising God through service and multiplication? How can you serve people through prayer? Um, you help others celebrate God. Show them how God is at work in their lives by using the Bible and sharing experiences with um, others and your experiences that you had with him with others. So I would say this, you help others celebrate. So when they're celebrating, praise God, that's so cool that God did this for you and how he helped you out of this dark place or he helped you celebrate more fully in this great place. And when you're up there on the, uh, just the mountaintop of life and the abundance of things going. But I also say share your own experience with them and go, hey, look, I, I know you're facing something right now. You've asked me to pray for you or you're just unloading emotional, spiritual, just crazy struggles. And let me help you celebrate God by telling you what he has done through me to accomplish his will, how he's helped me when I struggle with that same thing, right? So you, you help others to celebrate God. Show them reasons why God is real, why he's worthy of our praise. Celebrate the victories and celebrate the victories in the light of the great struggle that happened beyond that, whether, you, whether it was becoming saved or something that you struggle with. And I would say this, finally, when it comes to multiplication, lead people in praise to God. Invite others to join you in praising God. If you want to multiply praise, then what do you do? You actually praise out. Yeah, that's right. God is good. It's amazing the daisy chain of firecrackers that begin to happen when Christians start publicly praising God. You know why? Because there's probably other Christians in the room. In fact, global stats tell us that if you're in a, you know, a room of, of people, a full third of them could be Christians. Now, obviously, in some of these other persecuted countries we talked about earlier, the numbers might be different, or actually they could be greater. Who knows? Who knows? But when you're there and when you're with them, you invite them into praise to join you in praising God. Right? Um, it's the prayer request and the praise request. Here is a need that I have. But boy, I'd sure love to share with you something great God did. What if you did that the next time you were scanning your groceries out? The next time you're at the gas pump and just go, man, I just got to tell you, stranger, about something good God has done. It's provided this job that allows me to get to this food. I mean, just whatever. The next time you're at a family get together, or you're online chatting with someone, just say, man, I, it's so great what God's doing. Um, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And you help people understand that. So let me remind you of this one thing here as we close. This one thing as we close. And it's exciting. It's exhilarating to praise the Lord as long as you live. May you be so blessed that your dying breath is a praise to God. May you be so blessed that your daily life is ambitiously focused on preaching the gospel in word, thought, and deed so that others may come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. So others, Christians, may be discipled in such a way that they become more like Jesus. That's how we give God glory. We praise him. We praise him. We praise him.
So praise the Lord as long as you live, each and every day. Never give up. Find more creative ways at work. Find more creative ways at worship. Find more creative ways where you live. More creative ways where you recharge yourself so that you can praise God that way. Don't be a Christian covered in camouflage. Be someone who's out there, front and center, promoting God. And maybe you're invisible. And it just It's about God. It's not about us. And that's what I love about this Romans part where Paul is. He's like, look, all these things, I'm proud of my work for God. And here's why. I don't speak about anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. What does that mean? I, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And I just want to help God adopt and do even more brothers and sisters into this family. So that's huge. Get involved in your local church. Serve in your local church. And take that service and serve in your communities where you are. Let's pray together. God, we pray for those who are watching and who are listening, um, who don't know you as Lord and Savior, Jesus. They don't. They are not saved by grace through faith. They've never um, confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. They never believed in their heart that God raised him from the dead. They've not found forgiveness from the sin that they are born with and the sins they've committed in their life. And you are freely saying, it's here for you. May they start their days of praise right now with this act of salvation. That wherever you are, you would pray for God to forgive you of your sins. You would pray for Jesus to be the Lord of your life and the Savior of your soul. And that you would begin to follow God's will on earth as it is in heaven. That you get plugged into a local church. You get plugged into a Bible study. You begin to pray and talk to God and join this family that is willing and waiting to accept you. And love you and to help you become more like Jesus, more like the Bible says that we should be. And for those of us who are already Christians, Lord, first of all, we say a praise of thanks for all those people you saved. We just, we just read that there, there are people by the hundreds each week getting saved in Iran, in China. They're starting new churches every week underground. Come on. We praise you for that, Lord. If you can do that there, why not here? If you can do that there, why not here? We praise you for, for saving our souls, for sending your son Jesus. We praise you for the Holy Spirit that helps us get out of our own way and to follow you. God, we love you. We thank you. Help us to make it our great ambition in life to glorify you and make disciples. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great and wonderful rest of the day.